and welcome to episode 65 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe. I'm Martin. I'm Hayden. And I'm Gary. Nice to talk to you all again. And Martin, you've got a new job working with Nix and NixOS, so we're going to talk about that today. What exactly is your new job, briefly, first? So I'm working at a company called Determinate Systems. I'm developer relations engineer, and I'm working alongside Graham Christiansen, who's a long-standing active member of the Nix community, and also Elko, who is the creator of Nix. So Determinate Systems, not to be confused with who you work for, Hayden. Determined AI, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a coincidence there, but anyway. So, Martin, you are not an expert on Nix and NixOS yet, but something drew you to work on it professionally. And so that's what I want to get to the bottom of today. What is it that attracted you to work on Nix and NixOS? I suppose briefly, what is the difference between Nix and NixOS first? We should probably cover that. So Nix is several things. Nix is a functional programming language, but mainly it's a package manager and also a configuration manager. So using Nix, you can declare individual package builds all the way through to full system image creation. And Nix works on any Linux and Mac OS and WSL. Right. Whereas NixOS, is that kind of a technical demonstration of that rather than a proper OS that people are expected to use? It is a proper operating system, but as you can tell, it is a Linux operating system that is composed using the Nix package manager. And so NixOS leverages all of the properties of Nix including the fact that the Nix packages archive is by far and away the largest archive of free software of any of the distributions, over 80,000 packages in there at the moment. And those packages have the lowest percentage of packages with known vulnerabilities in them as well. So currently sitting at around 0.3% of packages with known vulnerabilities. So when you're building software, that depends on other stuff. You have a huge collection of software to build from and a great starting security profile to work with as well. Not to rain on your parade there, but I thought I just heard Debian had 170,000 packages. That's because they're split packages. So if you actually take the discrete right. software that they represent, it will be way smaller. If you go to Repoology, which tracks all of this stuff, you'll see a big difference in the way that those things trend. Right. And just to be clear for everyone that what Martin means by split packages is Debian has separate packages for development, binaries, documentation, stuff like that. So like one package like Pigeon, for example, ends up as like six packages. And that's what he's referring to. Right. All right. So why did you want to go and work with Nix and NixOS? So I've been flirting with Nix for a few years now, sort of on and off tinkering with it. And there's one particular feature of Nix, which I really found appealing. And as I said, you can run Nix on any Linux. So you don't need to go full Nix OS to get some of these advantages. But as a developer, the killer feature for me was the way that I can declare development environments using Nix. So I work on a number of different projects using a number of different language ecosystems. And in many cases, 
the same language ecosystems, but different versions. So some projects require Node 16, some projects require Node 19, for example. I've got some projects that really care that they're running on Python 3.8 as opposed to 3.10. Now, while there are tools within each of these language ecosystems to separate and monkey around with the versions of Python that are exposed, Nix can do all of that too. And one of the properties that I really love is the way you can integrate all of that with some other tooling. So all I need to do is cd into the directory for my project and it brings magically into existence just the tools that i need to run build test and work on those projects and i really love that so for example on my in my global packages i don't have any python and i don't have any node or any of the tooling for those languages but as soon as i'm in those directories or i'm using my code editor on those projects all of those tools are just automatically stood up and presented into the shell of the environment that i'm currently in and that was what got me hooked and i've been using that for a while on a few projects and how many terabytes of ssd is this taking up <laughs> no not very much in fact i don't even think about it it's um it's not much at all because they're all um the packages that you require get pulled down into your local Nix store, and then they automatically get sim-linked together effectively. It's a massive oversimplification, but they effectively get sim-linked together to be presented into your environment. It's sounding a lot kind of like how Homebrew is set up on Mac. It's not dissimilar, yeah. And when you're running Nix on Mac OS, you can get a very Homebrew-like experience, but with a lot more software available. Gotcha. But the syntax is more complicated than Brew, in my experience. It is quite a confusing package manager to use. There's a learning curve, at least. Yes, I think it's fair to say there is definitely a learning curve. It's one of these things where you have to make a decision. Like, I had to choose, like, when was the right time to start learning Nix? Do I have time to invest in learning this now, knowing what the potential payoff and payback of that investment in time is going to be or when I'm going to get that payback. But I think it's well recognized that Nix is something that you need to invest some time in to get over like the initial learning curve. And one of the reasons why I'm at Determinate Systems is to help identify where the friction is to coming into Nix and the Nix OS community and finding ways to improve that journey for users and developers. And one of the first things that the team have done is created a website called zerotonix.com, which actually takes you through a lot of those fundamentals very quickly. So if you go there, you can go through a quick start in about 30 minutes to an hour, and that will sort of explain all the fundamentals to sort of help you then go on and learn more. And that URL's got all dashes in it, so that reeks of you to me. You love <laughs> a dash in your URLs. So actually not guilty, <laughs> but it does mean that somebody that I work with is also sensible like me. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we also did register all of the different permutations of zero to nix.com. So you can just say zero to nix.com, and however you can possibly think of typing that out, you will arrive at the right place. Uh, well done. So I'm particularly interested in Nick's software work on determined AI is one of these 
pieces of software that requires a specific version of Python, a specific version of Node, a recent Java, recent protobuf compiler. And we build in our CI system, but for our community members, we have a guide for building with Brew. And I encountered an issue because Brew for Linux does not support ARM64, but Nix Package Manager does. And I did a brief foray into Nix, and there is a curve because let's take, for example, Go. You find the Go in the Nix Package Manager search, and you've got Nix env, Nix OS config, Nix shell, how to install on Nix OS versus non Nix OS. I'm glad there's resources there, and I plan to visit the website to learn more because I, I think it has potential, uh, particularly for building both on x86 and ARM. But yeah, it's it's different. There's a few things to touch on there. So first of all, you talked about building for ARM. This is one of the other things that really attracted me to Nix because once I started working on my projects using Nix to manage my development environments, I then discovered that the cross-building tools in Nix are just chef's kiss amazing. They are really good. And it has always been a complex mechanism of getting cross-building working nicely in the other Linuxes I've used. And it's just a trivial thing to enable and get working in Nix. So I, I particularly like that. But the point you made about those different Nix env, Nix shell and all the rest of it, there are some new features coming to Nix. One of them is the new command syntax, which basically everything is Nix. Nix is the command. And then the next word is sort of the subcommand. And it has this new sane command hierarchy. But that's behind an experimental feature flag. You can turn it on. And that is how I use Nix these days. And similarly, there's new build capabilities and they're called flakes also experimental and because these things are experimental you don't find extensive documentation about them in the official documentation because they only have documentation for the stable features and this is another reason why zero to nix exists because determinate believe that the new command and flakes are the way forward and everyone coming into Nix should be learning those things. So that documentation that the installer that we provide installs Nix with those experimental features enabled by default and the quick start guide teaches you Nix with those features assumed to be on and available to you. Is it a case of because it's such a powerful tool, it is necessarily complex. So you're never going to get to a stage where it's super intuitive. Like, for example, if I'm used to an Ubuntu or a Debian system, it's apt install, apt remove, apt search, basic commands. And then I go over to a Fedora system, I can just substitute DNF and, you know, DNF install, DNF remove. It's all very intuitive. Whereas Nix, because it is such a powerful tool, it just it can't necessarily be that simple for new users. It can in many cases, and the new command syntax aims to solve those problems. For example, in the new command syntax, it's Nix search, not Nix minus QA, for example. Mm. So, you know, that can be done. And I think Nix does make some things very simple, 
as I grow through my journey learning mix, there are things that I want to do with some of my projects, which are like image building, producing PC images, ARM images, SBC images, virtual machines and containers. And when I get into that, the configuration management and the way I can express very complex configurations for these different targets is extremely simple. And one of the reasons why I'm really enthused by Nix because at the moment I have to write all of my own tooling to do those things and I spend more time writing my own tools to achieve the outcomes that I want rather than focusing on the application that I want to develop and deploy and Nix takes all of that away because it knows how to do those things already and I can just tell it to so now when I build my projects I happen to get as artifacts, virtual machine images, an ISO image for a PC, an image for a Raspberry Pi, and a container, and I don't have to mess around and know how to create the boot environment and bootloader for a Raspberry Pi, for example. I just don't need to worry with that implementation detail anymore. So is that kind of thing possible with an application as well? Yeah. So you mentioned like it'll work on WSL, but am I able to create a native Windows binary out of this? I don't know. I haven't tried anything like that. Tell you what, let's circle back to this conversation okay. in six months and see, see if I have an answer for you. Yeah, I did caveat this with Martin isn't an expert yet. So, and you haven't used Windows for years, have you, Martin? So it's not no. really something of particular interest to you. It might be, but I, yeah, maybe, maybe Hayden can convince me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I ask because I've seen a lot of people, Hayden as well, mention, you and Hayden as well, both mentioned that you use it as your dev environments. And I've seen other people do that as well. But we need to target a native Windows executable, a native Mac executable, native Linux executables. So like, if that's doable, then this seems like something I should look at. But if it's not possible yet, then I'll, you know, I'll just kick that can down the road a little bit. I did note that the Nix OS install instructions do have a listing for Windows, but it's on WSL, which I appreciate. So Martin, what is the relationship between determinant systems and Nix OS? Well, determinant systems is one of quite a collection of companies now that are doing work in and around Nix, the Nix community and the ecosystem of tools that exist around Nix that provide tooling and expert knowledge, consultancy and other services to organizations that are building and deploying with Nix. So there is, if you go to the Nix OS website, nixos.org, I think there's a sponsors section and you'll see all of those companies that are involved in working with Nix professionally. So besides making Nix OS easier to use, easier to learn, maybe more familiar to those coming from Apt or DNF or Brew, where do you see Nix OS going? Because it's got all these positives, right? It's got this huge catalog. It's got containerization, the immutability, the you know, the reproducible builds, where do we go from here? So I think there's a couple of places and there's the professional use cases. And then I think there's a place for Nix and particularly Nix OS amongst Linux enthusiasts. But let's start with like the business use cases. There's a lot of movement and interest around Nix. So you have to keep the two separate because yes, Nix OS ha obviously has Nix integrated, but as, I, as I've been explaining, you can use Nix outside of Nix OS. And 
there's a lot of downward pressure on container producers to create containers that have uh, good providence, a known software bill of materials, a good security posture, ideally zero known vulnerabilities in those container images. Yeah, all the stuff we talked about last time, right? Yeah. And Nix is uniquely positioned to help solve a number of those problems. You start with a really good security posture because so few of the packages have known vulnerabilities in them in the first place. And the reproducible build quality of Nix is particularly attractive because it is reproducible as opposed to repeatable when you compare it with something like Docker. So whilst I can send my Docker file to Gary, if I build my Docker image today from that Docker file and Gary receives it 24 hours later and builds a Docker image from that Docker file, he will have, broadly speaking, the same things in it, but it won't be identical to the Docker that I've created. There are things that can shift and change in the ecosystem that will mean that what Gary has is slightly different from what I have. Now, when you're pushing those containers out into production, there are some regulatory requirement coming down now that says you have to know exactly what you're putting into production and Nix can provide you with those guarantees. So we're seeing lots of interest in and around Nix and Nix OS in order to help solve these problems that are arising from container producers getting requests from their consumers that they are a known bill of materials and that they are secure and that they can make guarantees and assurances about what they're shipping into production. And then there's the enthusiasts. There's a number of immutable Linux options that are growing up and Nix has been doing this for a long while now. And one of the areas of interest for me with NixOS is this, and it was just this week I was at the State of Open conference. When I travel, I want my laptop to be absolutely bulletproof and reliable. Should install Ubuntu Mate on it then? <laughs> well, I do. But the thing about NixOS is that it is immutable, and every time you make a rebuild of your system, it automatically creates restore points for you. So if anything should happen, you can roll back to your previous thing, and you can do that from the boot menu, or you can do it manually from the command line if you've got a system that will boot that far. But if you've got a non-booting system, you can roll back to a known good configuration. So you're not going to get rolled over by some sort of unexpected silent automated update that, that comes through in the background on your system because you're completely in control of that. So I particularly like that. And then for enthusiasts, you can kind of give up on distro hopping because it's trivial, literally with one or possibly two lines of change to your system configuration to completely switch desktop environment. So you could be running GNOME, you hear there's the new version of Plasma out. You can change two lines in your config, do a rebuild, which will take just seconds, and then you can boot and you can be running Plasma and try it out. And if it's not for you, you can, you know, reboot and boot into the last configuration where you had all your GNOME stuff. So for actually tinkering and playing around with stuff, it's just fantastic. And people hear immutable and they immediately think that's going to be really constrained and on rails. 
but the configuration management capability of Nix really means that you can actually tweak and tinker and tune with everything imaginable. It has a deep understanding of everything to do with the boot manager and the kernel, even things like how font config works, down to managing user preferences within your application. So your whole system can be fully reproducible. So you don't need to learn multiple configuration tools. You can do it all with Nix. And I now have a configuration for my laptop, which within a few minutes will rebuild my laptop with all of my user preferences and settings and things like my SSH keys, my tail scale configuration, Wi-Fi automatically provisioned. In just a few moments, I can go from nothing to fully working with all of my stuff ready to go as opposed to using like half a dozen different tools, which was how I achieved something similar to that previously. Well, here endeth today's sermon, I think, because <laughs> we should get out of here. But yeah, it sounds like you are really, really sold on this. So I look forward to learning through osmosis as you learn more and more about this over the next few months. Hopefully we can do some updates on it. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks then. In the meantime, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email show at linuxdowntime.com. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Martin. I've been Hayden. And I've been Gary. See you later.